Hi, K-Watchers, it's Leanne. Hi, everyone, it's Juliet. Welcome to the K-Watch Party. Today, we've got Marry My Husband, episodes 9 and 10. We've got slap fights and fake pregnancies. Let's get into it. So, Juliet, how are you? Another week? I'm good. What have you been up to? Anything interesting? I was listening to this podcast with Rich Roll. Do you know who he is? No. Okay. I don't know who he is either. But anyway, he has this podcast and he had this woman on who is a very famous psychologist, Dr. Ellen Langer. Okay. And the podcast was about mindfulness and the connection to the body and she just wrote a book. But it reminded me when you asked me, how are you? Usually we're like, oh yeah, fine, I'm fine. Yeah. But we're not actually thinking about what is going on and how we're responding and so her podcast talked about that. Like she believes that much of the world's ills could be boiled down to mindlessness and can be solved by mindfulness. Hmm. So if Putin was more mindful, right? We, we maybe could like be... I mean, if he thought deeply, like what? Why, why am I doing this? <laughs> what do my actions... why am I such an egomaniac? Okay, so I am not a self help. Practitioner. Oh, like, yes, I know. <laughs> I shy away from self help. You know, do I need it? I don't think so. Some may disagree. <laughs> but I think, you know, mindfulness as a word gets thrown around a lot by your people, by my people. And so I'm just, what exactly does mindfulness mean? The way she describes it is just really being like conscious and being present in the things that you're doing every day even in like the responses you have to your husband you're being thoughtful like how what am I saying why am I saying it this way and I think also being present is a big part of it like we go through so much of our life in in, Just in a hurry in motion right? right like without lots of thought into like why we're doing certain things it's like a it's like habit we run on like muscle memory kind of yeah versus thinking about every action we take. Yeah. And what are the outcomes that we're trying to drive to? Right. Okay. And her latest book is about the connection to the body and health. And one of the studies that she talks about is there there are people who work at a hotel who are cleaning people. And there's one set of them where she tells them, you are doing really serious like exercise. You know, you're squatting, you're lifting heavy things. This is really great for your body. The other subset of people she told didn't tell anything. Just go about your regular work as you do. And then at the end of the experiment, after a few weeks, they tested their all of their body metrics. Weight, muscle gain, blood pressure, cholesterol, all that. The group in which they told that they were exercising while working actually improved their health. But the other group that was not told anything, they remained static. Hmm. So, so much of what we're doing when we're like mindful about, hey, I'm picking this up and I'm exercising, we're almost convincing our bodies right. into its health. It's mental. Yeah. So are you going to read the book, apply it to your life? What's the plan? Well, I already listened to the podcast. I don't need to do any more. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I will apply it to my life. A, a big thing that she talks about is also getting sick and they did another study, another experiment where they had a group of people enter a room where people were coughing and there were tissue boxes and cough drops and Vaseline and whatnot. And then the person would enter and then in a few days would get sick. But actually nobody in there was oh. sick. And so I get sick very often, especially with my kids. 
being sick, I always catch it. And I'm always like, what is wrong with like, why doesn't my husband ever get it? And I think there are a lot of factors with immunity, but I also believe that sometimes you convince yourself. And it made me think about COVID because every time our group of friends has gotten COVID, you have not gotten it. Mm -mm. And she talks about this, how when we have are so worried about it, Mm -hmm. we eventually convince ourselves. I mean, we convince our bodies to catch it. And I feel like whenever we have it, you're just like, no, don't have it. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm my throat, my throat. I I must have it right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I've basically gotten myself sick by overthinking about it. Right, where I'm willfully like, I don't have it. Yeah, just ignore. I just completely ignore it. I skip. And if I have symptoms. So maybe the mindlessness is working out for (laughs) you. I think it's, no, it's true. Or I'm so mindfully willful against yeah, right. certain things. Right. I'm like, no, I don't have it. I don't have it. Yeah. It's like the secret. Remember, like it was yes. an Oprah thing yes. 10 years ago. And it's like, you just have to say the secret, <laughs> the secret. And you can will anything into real life. It's like mood boards. I, I mean, this feels a lot it like totally mood is. boards. It totally is. It is. And I think that's why manifestation stuff is works because when you like say these things out loud you start to also see the things that you want to see right Right. and then you work your way towards that so anyway the gist of it is be mindful right (laughs) I'm assuming she gives you some exercises I'm sure there's a little bit more in there but I think I got what I needed I also listened to another podcast with a psychologist who was like you have to in the moments of of doing something like even this right now Mm -hmm. like I'm having a great time. Right. And sometimes just saying that out loud and like taking the pause creates the memory for us because we like go through life and we're like, oh yeah, that was fun, I guess. But we don't pause and then we have to, our, our minds are have, have already forgotten about it. So snapshotting things in our mind, the memories in place. Yeah. That's another thing I'm, it's not a willful thing, but I generally have a positive outlook on things. And mm-hmm. so like most things I'll, do I mostly say like that wasn't so bad (laughs) you know like uh we have a swim meet this weekend for my older daughter and I have always done the swim meets they're a slog you're up at 6 37 you're driving an hour somewhere and then you're there all day for two events that literally take a minute this weekend my husband's gonna take her and I was so nervous that he's not going to enjoy it right because I'm always just like I can do these things and always come out of it being like that wasn't so bad but that's not for everybody and but I have faith we will will we will will yeah we're gonna have to tell him to take some snapshots yes this is so fun this is great it's 38 degrees it's great okay so we'll both be mindful and will our wants into the universe you have a lot of wants this year so you're being, you'll be doing a lot of willing. I've got a scroll of wands. Yes. Um, and I'm going to pause every few minutes to say, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> How many times during those podcasts do you think? <laughs> well, okay. I'm just really relieved you're not going to read the book because that's just another thing you're going to add to your list of the things you want to do this year. You, I mean, I Let's haven't edit. even told you like oh my all of it. There's so much, but classic, you know, because you and I are dilettantes. And so I yeah. just am like, I get really excited about something and move on to the next thing very quickly. So <laughs> I may forget it about the mindfulness thing soon. But for now, this is my thing. The good, that's the difference between a dilettante who's not super busy. Yes, exactly. And a dilettante who has a job and a podcast. I am a dilettante who does not have time to dilly-dally. Yeah. yeah. Do we think dilly-dally comes from dilettante? Oh, it probably does. <laughs> we do so much nonsense talking on here and Google nothing. We like have 
no source of knowledge, actually. We don't. We just spew nonsense into the universe. Yeah, this is the misinformation. <laughs> and then we Google later, like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Anything else interesting happened to you this week? Well, we went on a ski trip. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say snow trip because we actually did not ski. The other, we went with another family. They skied. But this other family brought their grandmother with them. The they, kid's grandma. The kid's grandma. And they are a, well, how do I say this? A Caucasian? white Anglo-Saxon to a T. And they're wonderful. We had a really great time. But it was very interesting for us because their grandmother's relationship with her son was fascinating for me. You know, like I mostly see Asian grandmothers and there's a lot of like enmeshment that happens, feel like they have the right to tell you how to live your life and they want to insert their opinion about your children and your home and your dress and your hair and whatever, right? It almost is like the trade-off for if you need help from them. Yes. It's not free. It's not. There's no free lunch in Asian households. Yes. And I think there is some a beauty in that because that's also what brings us so close to our families and we are really enmeshed together. But watching this relationship was so fascinating because the grandma was there and she told me, she's like, oh, my son, he needs a lot of alone time. He needs like his time with his wife. He needs a lot of time for himself. He needs time away from his kids. So I'm here to help. And she was just there to help. And she did not interject with her opinion. And she did tell me, she's like, I I make a lot of effort not to give my personal opinion on how they should parent. And I was like, I'm sorry. My mind was blown. (laughs) I've never experienced that. You know, it's like, for us, it's just constant banter of like, this is what you should be doing. Hey, don't tell me what to do. You know, it's just that with my parents all the time. And we've come to... That's That's your harmony. That's our harmony. That's, you know, I've come to um, be at peace with it. But it was just interesting to see another dynamic. And I thought, I would love to model this to my children one day. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can have a great relationship with your kids and not feel like you own their lives own their lives or make them feel like they owe you something yes right I think this starts earlier than you know it, it doesn't have to be an adult thing my kid's gonna be a teenager in a few years and I can already feel a lot of the holding myself back from yeah. inserting my opinions and wants on her and letting her do her own thing and figure it out yeah these this way of acting with your children starts early and it gets becomes very ingrained. And then just becomes like the way you are with them. In 10 years. You've still got a few years. I've got a few years. I, I do a lot of interjecting now and a lot of telling them how they need to live their lives. But it is a practice. And that's what this grandma told me. She's mm-hmm. like, said she puts a lot of effort to, to hold that boundary. That's amazing. That's one type of mother-in-law who is an absolute angel. There's another type of mother-in-law that we saw on Marry My Husband, episodes 9 and 10, who is the exact opposite, who is a nightmare. Let's get into episodes 9 and 10. Episode 9, we open right after the proposal, the world's most awkward proposal party. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a dead woman, a dead man. <laughs> an evil best friend, a deadbeat boyfriend, and two co-workers Jiwon has known for like a hot three minutes. Yes. Yeah. Suman can't get Jiwon to forgive her. Jiwon is, I mean, Suman's basically dead to her now. So she jumps into the water 
knowing she can't swim. Yeah. She, and she tells that to her before right. she jumps in. She goes, you know I can't swim. G1 tries to save her. This was an amazing scene. It was very beautifully shot. Oh, right. It's like dark. You see Suman kind of floating down. The light is shining from above. But this scene, I think they wasted all their budget on this scene because it's beautifully shot. G1, G1 jumps, jumps in. in mm-hmm. And then Suman, gra- she's trying to grab her arms to help her back up. But then Suman starts to drag her down. And so then we realize yeah. two things. One, Suman jumped in waiting for G1 to rescue her. And then two, she was finding, trying to find an opportunity to potentially kill her I think she wants to or like, die her. together oh die together I think that's what's so crazy about her is that she'd be fine dying but she wants Jiwon to die with her mm. of course hunky GM saves them because this guy is just nothing else to do he's just always scanning the horizon for Jiwon he jumps in he saves them there's no like confrontation about it there's no rehashing of it. Well, it turns out there's nothing that they can't even speak because Suman is in bed. Yes, waiting to lure deadbeat husband. And this guy's so weak. He's just doing it with the best friend next door. And there's literally, that room is made of windows. Everyone can see them. Yes. The lights are on, the, wi- the windows are glass. Again, we, I just feel like Suman is not a well-flushed-out character. Yeah, they... Like she assuming. just tried to commit suicide. Right. And then she's just, she's so happy that Jiwon saved her. Now she wants. She is clearly psychotic. There's something really wrong with her. And I had written down some theories of what I think could have happened to her. I mean, she's an orphan. She was abandoned as a child. Yeah. Or she had a, a sibling that was favored over her or like a step-sibling or a half-sibling that was favored over like her. Like a Cinderella thing. Yeah. Or um, maybe she was a twin in utero and that twin died and she ate the twin and what? so <laughs> that wasn't on your theory list. No, that was totally not in my theory list. Uh, and then Hunky GM and Juwan, they're like chatting on the couch. And then his half sister comes in half asleep. And then they have to hide and hold each other behind a post. They couldn't just like scoot two feet away right, from each exactly. other. And, and just like, it was so necessary that you guys had to hold on to each other. And then he takes her out on a yacht because he says, when I feel confused, and unsure of what I'm doing, I'm always out here. You kind of need a yacht when you have when you're going through your yes. scroll of goals as you're I trying. I need a yacht. Mm-hmm. I, this was very romantic. Okay, was it? Because <laughs> I kept thinking, and I know I'm already coming across as a hater, but I just don't find them to be that believable. There will be moments where I'm like, okay, it is romantic, but I think that they don't have great chemistry. He's a little bit dead. You're right. I think they make him so leaden, but we've seen him in real life. You've seen him on that yeah, show. Yeah. And he's actually a goofy guy. He is. And actually full of personality. And she is too. And I think we see openings of that sometimes when they kind of let it go a little bit and they're like flirty and fun with each other. But they don't let that happen often. Yeah. They make him so serious. Do you think it's that he is serious or that his acting is not very good. I think they tried to make him very serious as a character. Mm, he, I think they're right. trying to set him up as like very torn inside, right? He has his grandpa's family expectations on him. He also knows he's going to die soon. And he's like one dimensionally obsessed with G1. And I think they could be so much cuter if he could just like laugh a little bit. Yeah. 
The scenes with his sister are so cute. Yes. There was a scene later on with the ice cream. Yeah. Where he is serious, but he felt light. And I was like, this this interaction, you know, whatever the chemistry here, is better than what I see with um, Jiwon. But I have hope that maybe as their romance blossoms, he'll come out of his mm-hmm. shell a little bit. Okay. And his burden will come off of him. After the yacht, they're on the rooftop. I thought this scene was actually kind of cute too. He's like kind of smiley. She's telling him her plan about how she's going to take these two down. He tells her he has to go to Japan. Right. We find out he's going to break up with Yuda. Yes. Okay. So here's my thing. If he was supposed to marry Yuda 10 years ago, this was a business marriage. He should have been married in the original life. Right. So she would have known that he was married. Right. Another, yeah. another hole in the storyline. Right. Because he was always like, I always lived my last life doing everything everybody said because I had right. no wants. He's on the airplane. He's sitting in first class. He sees this necklace that he knows Jiwon has liked. And he straight up buys it. Off duty free. What, you're going to save some sales tax? <laughs> The big event of this episode is the family meeting. She talks about the tradition where you're supposed to get like a whole new outfit and a purse. I don't know. This must, well, maybe this was a dowry thing from Mm -hmm. back in the day. But the way that it's modernized is that you are supposed to get a whole new outfit, a new luxury bag, you know, assuming your other family has the means. Mm -hmm. Bride is supposed to gift the other side all new luxury items. When I was getting married, my in-laws just were like, oh, here, here's your money. You go buy it yourself. (laughs) And then my mom is very like traditional in this way. And also, you know, probably like keeping up certain appearances. But we gifted all of my sister-in-laws and my mother-in-law new luxury bags. Mm. And then some other things for the men in the family. No, yeah. We both got watches. My family bought him a watch. His family bought me a watch. Was the outfit that uh, oversized hoodie that you wear all the time? Was that the oh, new outfit? Now going into the trash. Oh, and then you may remember one of the women, I think it was the half sister, the cheerful girl, she was like, oh, well, you know, gifting shoes means that they're going to run away. So don't give her any new shoes. Yes. That is a thing. Is it? That is a thing. What is yes. that a thing from? Like, I, that's a Chinese thing. Oh, it's a like, Chinese thing too. Yeah. You shouldn't give shoes because they'll run away. And you also can't gift a knife. So my mom will like, buy us knives, but then we have to give her a, a dollar. Oh, interesting. Because you can't gift a knife. You have to like basically, quote unquote, buy Buy it it. from her. So there's these little things, right? Have you ever bought shoes for your husband? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) what I get him every single gifting holiday. What what is our subconscious trying to say? Yeah, exactly. Please take these. Really just go on a run. Yeah. There's a thing I've noticed in just like Korean dramas and reality shows where they're always like, I'll buy. Like, I'll buy you next time. You know, like basically like I'm going to pay... For your meal. Oh. Do you notice that? Oh, that's such a Korean thing. So when I'm with my Korean friends, Uh girlfriends, it's always like, well, I I guess some of that has changed a little bit recently, but it was always like, oh, I'll buy the whole meal. Because I think Mm. that's how we grew up seeing our parents. And then it'd be like, okay, well, then I'm getting the next meal. Right. You know, you don't want to be one-upped. Right. They're like, I'm going to get the next one. (laughs) Well, then I'm going to get the next one, you know, and it's a constant trade. But I definitely grew up. Almost fights. fights. Yeah. About the check. Between parents over the check. And then there'd always be the sneaky one who, auntie. Uncle who would have gone yes. before the, the meal to Like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Checker. Anytime that auntie gets yes. up to the bathroom, everyone's just like, no, you sit. I'm going to the bathroom with you. <laughs> they know what she's up to. Wait, when did that happen? Suman says it once. I think it was after the cooking class. Uh, you never buy me anything. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> 
I was like, split it down the middle. We're like, um, okay, can you split the check like 14 ways? Thanks. <laughs> Little did I know. I should you know be what? Just, We're American now. <laughs> I should just be being like, mm, I'll buy you next time, Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even taken my credit card out. You're like, Seriously. I'll get you next time. Both of us are the type of people who are like, ooh, forgot our wallet. Yeah, I mean, but we literally would. We actually would forget it. I thought the cooking school scene was hilarious. This mother-in-law is is one, an over-actor. Oh, my gosh. But also her character is so ridiculous and so over the top. Um, they were taking this cooking class, and then they showed what they made, and they were sandwiches. Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> like they needed a cooking class to teach them how to make sandwiches. I know. And, and shredded carrots. What was the point of this cooking scene? Like what would Suman basically set this up because deadbeat husband told her, oh, my mother is going to be at a cooking class at this place. And she hears that and then invites Jiwon on purpose to go. I think that maybe Jiwon had said she was a really bad cook. Um, But then she learned in her former life how to become a good cook because of the mother-in-law. And so maybe Suman wanted to put her in a negative light to show her how bad of a cook she was. Right. To sabotage her in front of the mother-in-law. Yes. And then she could also look good in front look of the good. mother-in-law. Okay. Yeah. And But speaking of shredded carrots, there is a girl on TikTok named Danielle. She was the one that was doing tinned fish, like the tinned Patagonia smoked oysters on the craze crisp. crisp. Okay, no. I, no, no, not, 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 not register. Well, she's... She, is part of a caviar empire. Like in New York, her family, they're Russian. She has been eating Korean, she keeps calling Korean carrot salad. And I was like, what? There's no such thing as a Korean carrot salad. And then somebody dug into the history behind this and it turns out that some Koreans who had to move to like Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan during the war, they missed kimchi so much. And so what they would do is they would take carrots and they would pickle them with a lot of garlic and vinegar and whatnot. And that became a staple in Russian food. Oh, interesting. It made interesting. me think about that. Bionics. Well, pickling is on your year. I have been pickling. <laughs> I made kimchi. How was it? My son said it was too salty. <laughs> but my daughter loves it. She's been... What do you, are you making the white or the red? I made the white one. Okay. I'm also going to make sauerkraut. Okay. Next week. I bought the Costco bag of carrots. So I have oh my too God. many Is carrots. it shredded? No. You got to do it yourself. You do it yourself. Are you going to matchstick them like well, a good Korean yeah, wife? Yeah, you know, I'm a good Korean wife, so I know how to do that. Oh my God. Get a peeler. You know what I'm going to get you? A peeler for your carrots. So yeah, she ends up looking very bad in front of the mother-in-law. So I guess Suman's plan worked. Then she meets deadbeat husband after and she makes him take her on this shopping spree to buy her the new outfits right. and the purses. So she gets her pink Chanel bag, the one that Sumin had when in the original life, she one found her sleeping with her husband. Right. Just like everyone, somebody's going to have to die and get cancer. Somebody has to get the pink, the pink Chanel. Chanel. It might as well That's be right. one. Which makes me wonder now, do you think what will happen is that Sumin and that deadbeat husband will get together, they'll be married, and so she's filling in Chiwon's old shoes. And Chiwon mm-hmm. now becomes the Sumin and tries to seduce the ex, the deadbeat husband. No. She wants to be rid of them. That's true. I but do just th- like get back at her. I think she's getting back at her in the next episode. But I do think somebody's got to cheat on deadbeat husband's wife. Yep. So maybe that's the comeuppance for 
Sumin in the future. Right. It's definitely going to be Jiwan. She's going to be freaking on first class right. in her white cashmere yeah. wearing duty-free necklaces, <laughs> smoking duty-free cigarettes. <laughs> so now it's time for the family meeting. My God, Sumin shows up at deadbeat husband's door just like a full-blown psycho. It's so good. Straight up grabs his junk in the middle of the oh street. Oh my gosh, I had to rewind that three times. I was like, did she really do that? His face is so good. I know. He is great in this. He is. She's good. He's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The two of them are on fire. G1 comes in. You know, we've kind of been going back and forth. Like, does G1 have a plan? Like, what is exactly this plan of hers to exact revenge? Oh, she comes in to this family meeting with a plan. She shows up in full black. Yep. Fishnets with stockings. Leather shorts. Black feathers. Oh, my God. It reminded me, okay, so this might be a stretch, but are they trying to make it like Black Swan, you know, the movie, Darren Aronofsky? Because mm-hmm. so she looks like a black swan. Right. Zoom in is her doppelganger. She's trying to take her place as the lead dancer, right? The yeah. lead in Jiwon's right. life. Right. Like Zoom in wants her life, yeah. right? And so maybe that's a stretch. That, or is the show I mean, that deep? <laughs> no, that, it, that actually is an incredible um, comparison, I think. But I don't think they were thinking that deep I was and maybe because I don't think that deep I was like oh she's just trying to look like a well-paid hooker yeah and she succeeded she succeeded she looked great G1 does all the worst things you can do for a family meeting she shows up late she wears an inappropriate outfit she speaks to the mother-in-law informally she insults her son Mm -hmm. there's literally nothing worse nothing worse their only son tells them off as she's storming out at this farm to table <laughs> restaurant. Although I have to say, Korea just has these places and they are beautiful. Like but like out in the country? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Off the beaten path, you wouldn't expect. Yeah. This time, Hunky GM is not there to save her. So she saves herself. Deadbeat husband puts his hand on her and be like, Michino. <laughs> nice. Oh no, she said he said Michin Yun. Yun is girl, Nom is guy uh, so i'm just used to saying me to you've just heard yeah you, you just say that to your husband all the time <laughs> uh she flips him to the floor and it's just a great way to end this episode yeah and then she you get a flashback to hunky gm giving her instructions on how to overpower somebody who is bigger than you yep continuing his positive influence on her life just some random things okay the meek ass manager storyline with the daughter who's left at home yes again why? These are like unnecessary storylines. They're like, it's almost like they're tr- trying to cram in every possible storyline they can into. But what we do see is she gets a pain in her stomach. Oh. Uh, I wished a cat upon her death last week. You did. I did but, wish cat death on her. But stomach cancer is a tough yeah, way to Yeah, that's go. so sad. I can't wish that on anybody. Except Sumin, I guess. Knowing the show is probably just gas. <laughs> Knowing Korean people is just... So that was it for episode nine. We move into episode 10. Everyone gets their comeuppance. Like we get, we get finally get revenge in a big way this episode. Lots of slapping. Deadbeat husband is getting his comeuppance at the office. Jiwon walks in, big old blazer on, and she just starts slapping him in the middle of the office. That is an insane thing to do. Yeah. She pulls out red panties and puts it on his head. (laughs) 
That was pretty good. The coworkers are just like going crazy. And everyone's like (gasps) filming this, uploading it to the internet. Well, you worked at Facebook. Did you guys, you guys had these like community boards, Oh, like it was an internal, it was an internal Facebook basically. Yeah. And so there were different groups you could post it in. There was like a employee wide group, but not everybody had access to that, but you could create your own group. And you could just post whatever you want. In the past, nobody monitored it. But as the years went on, there was a little bit more monitoring going on. But you could really theoretically post, yeah, that kind of stuff. So this is like what that was. Did you see? But also lately, there's a big thing in in the tech world called blind. Yes. Have you gone to blind, right? And what was really hilarious at one point. So blind is an app that you. A website. A website. You can go on where you can basically anonymously write anything you want. Yeah, about everyone is company. anonymous, but yeah. you have to input your work address so that you can verify this is where I work. And so anytime you post, it has like a username and it'll show where you, where you're working. Right. And it's verified through your email. So people hilariously would be posting on there while we would have an all hands. Like, to talk shit there, not at the internal forums because we were starting to monitor that more. Um, So maybe it was something like that. People would be like, ew, did you hear what he just said? Or or even like, what is she wearing? She's terrible. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, so these coworkers are on an internal message board documenting the whole thing. It's very like, Tibok, Tibok. We finally get some Tibok's in this show. And then they call him Panties Park. Oh, so good. No, they called him Bermuda Park. Bermuda Park. (laughs) It took me a second to figure that one out. Oh, so good. Did you guys' message boards take keywords like that and ban them? Like Bermuda Park and... Oh, yeah. It wouldn't ban words from like you would... It's not like you wouldn't be able to type them, but I think they would come down. Wow. You'd be blocked. Oh, and then the best thing was when she threw her ring. She went (sighs) through her ring and then it shattered. Which reminded me, I lost my engagement ring. Yikes. It's gone. I I have no idea where it is. I'm starting to believe it was my daughter... Oh, because, you know, we have vents on our floor because we live in an older house. And she, especially when we first moved, she was a little bit younger. So she would just throw things down there. So my theory now is that she took that and was like, what's this shiny thing? And And threw it down. Hopefully it hasn't shattered down there. I mean, that's what you ask for, right? For your tenure? A new ring? Is that right? I don't know. It's a, I don't know. I asked for a new sweater. I asked for a session with the, you know, tarot card. I still haven't gotten those yet. So I'm still waiting. <laughs> Valentine's Day has come and gone. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I got the aura ring. Oh, Remember how yes. I said it on the podcast? And my husband said he had already purchased it before I even said it on the podcast. But then it didn't fit. And then he returned it. And then I haven't gotten the exchange <laughs> back yet. So I'm still waiting. Okay, so if you're going to be waiting for an aura ring, I think you're going to be waiting for this yeah, uh, replacement right. engagement ring for a while. G1 is enacting revenge, basically exposing the cheating right. to the workplace. After this underwear incident, Deadbeat Husband and Sumin are outside of the office talking. And actually, Sumin to Deadbeat Husband's like, you know, now we can be together. Now this is our opportunity. And he straight up is just like, are you kidding? This was so harsh. This was hard to yeah. watch. You're just a pretty face. Who do you You're think you are? You're not wifey material, basically. Yeah, like... G1 is so much better than you. I know. That's, oof. That's not, like he was like, oh, she went to better school than you. She has more money than you. It's revealed through this interaction that she's the one he's been cheating with. And that's when the message boards go crazy again. They start yep. lighting up. 
So, of course, HR is involved. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most realistic part of the yes, show. Yes, exactly. This is how hard HR comes down with this hammer. Grandpa's right-hand man comes in to clean up the dirty mess. Mm-hmm. He's straight up wearing like a pinstripe suit like a gangster. That bad evil guy manager. He's demoted. He's demoted, but basically gets pushed out. Deadbeat husband has to transfer. Right. Suman is fired. Fired. Which also seems a little misogynistic. Like yes. she's done the least worst thing here. Right. She's just the other woman, but she's the contract worker. Oh, so. that's right. Right. You're the first on the chopping block. Okay. A funny thing here, again, the translation did not pick it up, but when he was demoting the, the middle manager, he goes, you know, also like all of these things you've done, including pornography. They said misogyny, but it was pornography. And then the middle manager goes, what? I never watched pornography at work. <laughs> What? Yeah, that did not get translated. Yeah, it said, misogyny, what are you talking about? That's how it was translated. Mm. Both ways work. Suman is shook. But you were right. You predicted this in a f- previous episode. The handwriting. Mm-hmm. She's She has been able to copy Chiwon's handwriting since they were in high school. And it has come back. And she's using it against her to write this letter that she uploads on the internet. And blames everyone else which is Suman's mo she fakes it as jiwon and basically calls the man that had an allergy attack two episodes ago while she and deadbeat husband were fooling around in the storage unit at the supermarket she calls him a liar <laughs> <laughs> let's go back three episodes yes. remember that like small incident she calls him a liar and straight up this couple comes to the building <laughs> screaming Jiwon's name yeah well she said that they were only doing that for free things they're like scammers she comes in to the lobby screaming Jiwon's name Jiwon comes down and she the woman slaps her across the face that's assault she should be arrested for that yeah who Korean I feel like Korean drama in Korean dramas there's a lot of slapping going on it's nobody does that yeah I've never slapped anybody no I have never seen someone get slapped. Yeah, exactly. G1 is not going to take this one lying down. She sees the letter. She sees her handwriting. She knows this is Suman's work. She was really rough with her. She grabs her by the shoulder and just like basically kind of pushes she her pushes down her on the down. ground. Yeah. Man. So that she's kneeling. She's kneeling. That's another big thing. Koreans are big about kneeling when you have to like beg for forgiveness. G1 says to Suman, don't forget, I know as much about you as you know about me. Which is cold and perfectly said. She exposes Suman to everybody. Suman is on her knees begging for forgiveness. She's like, I thought I was going crazy. And then she says she's pregnant. Yeah. She, well, she was like, I can't live without you. Jiwon mm-hmm. also later knows she's lying. She's celebrating with the two co-workers with Chef. Right. Drinking champagne in celebration. In her voiceover, she's questioning the pregnancy. And she says, I'm sure Minwon has... Azuspermia? What? I didn't pick this up. <laughs> I had to look. I literally threw my phone down. I was like, wait, what? What is this? You looked it up? I looked it up. It's an actual scientific term. Absence of sperm in the semen. Azuspermia. Oh. So we learned a thing. In this so episode. then that is why she never could get pregnant in the previous life and her mother-in-law hated her. Yes. So that's why she's certain that this is not Yes. She, he's just like shooting blanks all the time. Correct. Instead of saying shooting blanks. Right. Azuspermia. Amazon Prime coming in with the scientific term. I guess I'm using that in my real yeah. life. Yeah. Like if I get bad coffee, I was like, oh, what is this? Azuspermia. Azuspermia. <laughs> Chicken boys kidnap 
a drunk deadbeat husband. What, 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 what were they trying to do? I think Jihak knows, meanwhile, deadbeat husband is deeply in debt and has loan sharks right. coming after him. I mean, obviously. You can't be in a K-drama without loan sharks. So he's But like, loan sharks for what? He like, well, what did he need loans for? I don't know. I mean, he must have lost a lot of money with the stock market. And so maybe that was all his savings. And so he okay. was, he needs these loans. I don't know. I mean, like what bills does he pay? He stays at home with his parents. He's definitely driving their Kia Sorento. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he needs loans for, but he's deeply in debt. So I think Ji-hyuk, hunky GM, is getting him to speed up the marriage because he needs, the only way he can get money is by getting married so he can get this house from his parents. So I guess the idea is then he can, I don't know, sell the house and get married. Right, right. Okay. So anyway, chicken yes. boys, you know, hilarious scene. Hilarious. They're Loved like it. clearly not gangsters. They're like yeah. so scared of the of the bat that they have in front of them. They're straight up wearing like slacks yeah. <laughs> and a collared shirt. Debbie husband shows up at Suman's place and is very rattled. And she is sitting in the closet, still pretending she's pregnant. Yeah. He proposes to her and says, we can be we a family. Can, yeah, we can start a family. And I think here it was you know, also revealing that she has always felt that she was like superior to Chiwon. And she was actually confused. Like Chiwon has always stayed by my side and always supported me, even like probably when I've wronged her. But she's not doing that anymore and something is off. But I think there is a like their relationship. She's almost like can't live without Chiwon. Yes. And so she needs a replacement for Chiwon right now. She's so codependent on people that now that she's gone, now that Jiwon has left her, she needs something else to replace that. Which also probably happened in the past life. Jiwon was dying of cancer. Right. So she, without Jiwon, she needed somebody as yes. like close to her like Jiwon, which would have been deadbeat husband. In the course of a day, his life has gone down the toilet. So he's proposed. So but, they, but they both don't seem to like each other very much. She's definitely not pregnant. We confirm it because we f- see her searching online for a positive pregnancy test and a baby photo like a sonogram right so she can keep faking this we have to move on to hunky gm and g1 because i guess they're our leads even though i want to stay with yes i know they're far more interesting to stay on deadbeat husband and sumin for sure hunky gm is doing his favorite backyard hobby he's shooting clay pigeons in his three-piece suit <laughs> do you think people in korea do that i think they think it's a rich thing yes right Jiwon is summoned to grandpa's office. Grandpa just wants to see. I think it's just showing that grandpa is turning in favor of Jiwon. Yeah. What we do get is hunky GM getting another chance to walk in the forest with Jiwon. Okay. He han- he's like, do you want to go shooting? I'm not a gun proponent, but it- I would join the NRA if there were hunky GMs like that. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching me how to shoot a gun. Hold yeah. It. The like cradling you from behind yeah the light touching and the like the gun is so phallic holding a gun has never been this sexy i must say i was i was into the scene thirsty mama over here thirsty mama except like she should definitely be wearing earmuffs and that recoil on her shoulder oh yeah you could pop your shoulder out yeah she would have fallen over we always have a way to de-romanticize we really do We go to Christmas Day. She's living in... Oh, yeah. She's living in his building, which is like... It looks like a fancy... A huge mansion. Yeah, mansion. Chef comes to pick her up for a date in his white Jaguar. The prince saving her in the white horse. And then she finally breaks it to him Mm -hmm. that she just likes him as a friend. Yeah. You're nice. But she's at the ice skating rink and she's envisioning her there with 
Hunky GM. GM. And so I think it's hitting her now. Right. Her feelings for him. She basically dumps her first love and she confesses. They kiss. She kisses him. Yeah. I love that. I know. It was nice to see that. And she made the confession. So it was refreshing. Yeah. It's a real turn for her. Mm -hmm. It's an episode 10 kiss, which is right on time for a Korean drama. Like, oh, that's right. The timeline of a Korean drama is it's usually like one through seven. They're like falling in love, touching hands in an elevator. Eight through like 11, eight through 10 ish, you're going to get hand holding and kisses. All of this right on time. 11 through 15, something is going to test their relationship. And then 16, they're going to make up and all will be well. It was a real make out. It was. Yeah. I right up until that point, I was like, ah just not believable I don't believe it and then they were kissing and I was like okay I can see it I can see this working I was like uh, he was into it but he's too tall he's too tall and he just looks too young for her I know maybe yeah he's like kind of hunched over yeah although that's what my husband looks like when he's kissing me (laughs) I've literally never seen that happen (laughs) that's true it's a very rare occurrence in public please do not make out in front of me ever no I'm not doing that um, I had two thoughts. One, I was watching this and I was like, I find him and even all of the other men in here, I'm like, there's just a, an attraction I have for Korean men. Ooh, okay. You know? I mean, I married a Korean guy, so let's hope so. But there is, has been this thing going around on TikTok where there's an, a Korean girl and she's like, every Asian guy I see just feels like a brother to me. I cannot. And then a black guy stitched her video and was like, you know, that's internalized racism. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can't even find somebody who is like you to be attractive. Because they've been emasculated. But that's that's a problem, right? Yeah. Like American society in particular has emasculated Asian men. And so when an Asian woman can't find an Asian man attractive, you're only reinforcing that belief. That's why Korean dramas are really good for our race. Look at these hotties. Look how tall and hot that I guy know, is. Right? But here is my other thing that I was going to say is that I find these Korean dramas also so fascinating because they're so unrealistic. And it's almost like these women are living in, I mean, women who watch these live in this fantasy world. Because I was watching The Killer Paradox on Netflix, the one with. Cheushik. He's yes. the one that was mm-hmm. in Parasite. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great show. It looks great. It shows I'm not sure if it's really the underbelly or if this is actually what Korean society is like and we don't see that, but it has a lot of like revenge porn. It has rape. It has dating violence. Yeah. And the things that I mean are never reflected in these really glittery Korean dramas. Yeah. That's what I find very interesting about Korean entertainment. The duality yeah. of these dramas that are so bubblegum and so fantasy world. And then the years, they go very dark. Like Old Boy. Yeah. Old Boy was what, like 20 years ago? Right. Old Boy was dark as shit. If you put an old boy up against this kind of show, polar opposites. And so right. it's very, very interesting to me the art that comes out of Korea. But I mean, I love these unrealistic fantasies. Mm. I love the escape. I, I don't watch dark shows really. I found myself exasperated by the show, but I left myself wanting to keep going. Oh, I will say episode at the at the end of episode 10, I was like, wait, should I just keep watching? Yeah. You're right. You're right. It, it hooks you in, it does right? Hook you in. I want to see them fall in love on a beach. Okay. So yeah, I mean, the romance is on. We've got the episode 10 kiss. 
It's I, only it's it only goes up from here. It's about to get. There's going to be some conflict, and yes. then we're going to get our happy ending. I, and it's also great to see her get some revenge. I thought it's uh, two excellent episodes. I had to hold myself back from watching episode 11. We will be back next week with episodes 11 and 12. We hope you join us for that. Uh, Can't wait to talk to you. And so until then, bye. bye.